hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have an episode releasing every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can tap in. If you are listening to the show week after week, thank you so much. It is such a blessing. Just found out that this show is ranking in the top 3% of podcasts out of 3 million podcasts uh, globally, and so that's huge. Thank you for sharing this, reviewing, you know, um, you know, putting uh, a rating and subscribing. It's it's huge with getting this out to more and more people. Been getting tremendous feedback, and so thank you guys so much. It is our passion to see the bride of Christ awaken to the beauty of Jesus Christ, all that He has accomplished, who we are in Him, the tools that we have, so that we can destroy the works of the enemy, establish the kingdom in the earth. God is raising up an end time army that is in love with him, that knows who they are and that are walking out mighty exploits in his name. I'm excited to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. He is stirring the waters. There's a lot of transition taking place in the body. God is touching people's hearts. He's awakening us to truth. And so um, I've got a great guest on the show. When I was doing Facebook Lives, a Facebook format several years ago, around 2016 and 2017, he was a guest on the show. I love his message. I love what he's releasing. His name is Kyle Winkler. He is the creator of the highly acclaimed top ranking mobile app, Shut Up Devil. I love that. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. He is also a minister, a preacher. He carries a strong, liberating message of identity in Christ and the power of the gospel. He is the author of his newest book entitled Shut Up Devil, Silencing the Ten Lies Behind Every Battle You Face. And so, so make sure to stay tuned for this show because um, a lot of amazing truth is going to be revealed here on how we could walk in victory in our everyday life in Christ. And so, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Michael, it's so good to be back with you. I can't believe that it has been, what, five years or Something so? Something like that, yeah. And just as you said on Facebook <laughs> Live, I remember it well. So yeah. thanks for having me again. I love what God's doing through your, through your ministry and your podcast. You're so awesome. Yeah, but I've been following you. I've been following you on social media even since last time. And man, the content you've been releasing is really, it's so solid, so much gospel truth, very liberating. And so tell us a little bit about your story, because I know you just released this book entitled Shut Up Devil, Silencing the Ten Lies Behind Every Battle You Face. I know that this is a life message for you. I know that this is something that God has birthed in you. This is a burden that you carry. This is what you are releasing into the earth right now. Um, is this linked with your testimony? with how God first captured you? Like, how did this become a huge thrust of your ministry? Absolutely. This is, just as you said, the thrust of the ministry is the theme of the ministry. It is it's everything I do is really shutting down the, the lies and the struggles that keep people back from thriving in God's design for their life. And mm. it, it follows what God did in me. So I'll go back into my story. I always kind of start in potty training and then we can go as much <laughs> in depth as, as you'd like. It's yeah. all in the book because it does follow it. But sure. really, mine is just a story of picking up lies when life let me down, picking mm. up lies from as far back as I can remember that really dictated so much of my life, even well into my Christianity, and then really learning how to overcome those lies. So I can remember always just kind of believing that I just didn't belong, that I was this outcast. I was the, the, a preschool dropout. I mean, who's heard of that? I cried and I cried till my mommy let me out of preschool. And they thought I had a reading problem. 
because this insecurity that kind of developed in me from just this feeling that I just didn't fit caused me to be afraid to read aloud or even to speak aloud. So they yeah. mistake that for a reading problem and found out later that wasn't the case. But I didn't have many friends because nobody wanted to be friends with a kid that didn't talk. So I was the outcast and the one chosen last for just about everything. So I really had an identity of rejection. You know, when you feel something or hear something or, mm. or told something for so long, it, it changes from a feeling to this is who I am. So it held me back in all kinds of social ways. But then when I came to know the Lord at 16 years old and I started to you know, understand about the love of God and understand about the power of God to help heal me and, and change my life. What ended up happening because of all those lies and how I, how I would relate to people because of this rejection identity, mm. I thought that the way to get people to like me is I had to achieve and I had to do and I had to perform. Mm. And so I just kind of naturally thought that's the way I had to keep God loving me and keep God approving of me and stay at peace with God. So the next decade really of my Christianity, as I worked for a huge church, I was in leadership and ministry. I went to seminary, got my master's in biblical studies. I did all of this stuff mm. thinking that, okay, this is going to make God happy. This is going to keep God happy. This is, <laughs> And I was using my time, talent, and treasures really to prove something that Jesus had already proven. Yeah. And wow. that's when I get to this point after 10 years of ministry where I'm saying to God, why am I still feeling and still dealing and still struggling with a lot of the same mind games, insecurity, shame, guilt that I did before I was a Christian? What more do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And that's when God really said, there's nothing more you need to do. You got to get your believing right. Yeah. See, I had to learn how to mm -hmm. unprogram or deprogram my mind from all of those lies and reprogram my mind according to God's truths. So Shut Up Devil is really the story of God leading me to do that. And then me through ministry, helping other people to do that as well. And I'm telling you, when I learned to do that, I found more healing and deliverance in a short time compared to many years of all of these other things I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I've, I've, I read your book and there's a lot of powerful truth in there. I think it's an essential book for people to grab. You start off by talking about first Peter five, eight, where it uh. says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And something that I just like to always pull out, you know, Jesus is the lion of Judah. Right. He is, but the devil prowls around like a lion roaring because that's really all he has. All he has is that's his it. roaring ability. He he operates in the realm of ideas. If he could get us to believe something that he says, then he could get us trapped in his darkness. But he's after our agreement, just like God is after our agreement. And he's just roaring. Yeah. He's trying to intimidate. And I would love to just start out there because you kind of explain what that roar is all about and how we could overcome. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to the devil's name. We don't realize it because we're reading the devil in English. And so we think of it as just a name, maybe like Bonnie, Bill, or Sue or Sally or something like that. But <laughs> sure. just like most names in the Bible, it actually is more than a name. It's a job description of what he does. Devil in Greek is diabolos, and that means slanderer. Mm. Well, we all know what slander is, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you've been watching the politics lately, it doesn't take much. It's just a false statement yes. in order to destroy someone's reputation. And it really doesn't even have to be based on any truth. It just has to be said. So that's why Peter there, as you said, in 1 Peter 5, 8, 
he's likening the enemy to a roaring lion, not a lion himself. The devil is always Mm -hmm. trying to masquerade as something and he's masquerading as a lion, but he's roaring. Mm -hmm. And that is his slander. Those are his lies. Those are his condemnations, his his accusations. In the first chapter of Shut Up Devil, I expound upon what the slanderer means and how the lion does it and why Peter really likened him to a lion. And so I'll just give, give the listeners yeah. kind of a little taste here. But mm-hmm. a lion, according to wildlife experts, has a small heart and lungs compared to the rest of the size of its body. That means that it doesn't have much stamina. It's not a long distance runner. Mm-hmm. If it sees a potential victim, it can't just decide to go after it because its victim is going to outrun it in the long run. So what does it have to do? It studies it Mm. to find its weakness and the opportune time to go after it. When the lion determines that opportune time, which is usually the cover of the night coming at an angle it doesn't see, then it pounces and it jumps in the air to go for its victim's head, usually plays with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it goes for its mouth. A lion kills through suffocation. Well, it is no coincidence that Peter chose the predatory behavior of a lion to illustrate how the devil works, mm-hmm. because that's he, he finds his access to our lives through our weaknesses, mm-hmm. through the things that we did, the things people said about us. And then when he finds that opportune way, he waits for that moment. Mm-hmm. To go into our mind, that's really the only way. Just as you, you said, the enemy, he is a defeated foe. Mm-hmm. His only power is the power of persuasion. Mm-hmm. It's the power to get in here, and then your mind just really does the rest of his dirty work. Mm-hmm. He wants to get to your mouth. He wants to get to your agreement. He wants to get to what you believe and say about yourself. He goes for the mind to get to the mouth, and that's really any power he has over our lives. That's the power of any kind of defeat that he has over our lives is through the mind and the mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even just opportune time, just describing how lions seek after their prey, just that terminology is biblical. How it said that, you know, when Jesus overcame him in the wilderness with those three temptations, it said the devil left until an opportune time. And Absolutely. so he's always looking for, hey, maybe we're in a tough season. Maybe we're alone. Maybe we're burdened. Maybe we're hungry. Maybe we're sad. Maybe we're whatever the scenario is. He can come in and try to touch on little areas of our weakness to try to you know falsely comfort ourselves. Whatever the situation may be, he knows when to kind of dive in there. That's why we need to be rooted in the truth. And I just love how yeah. the word of God, Jesus says, the enemy is the father of lies and he's been lying from the beginning. And then he goes on later on in the Gospel of Math, uh, Gospel of John to say that the spirit of truth is coming to us. The yeah. spirit of truth is coming to us to reveal the truth of who Jesus is and who we are. And the spirit of truth will be with us to lead us into all truth. And so that's so beautiful because who are we in agreement with? Are we in agreement with the lies that come from darkness? Are we in agreement with, with Jesus and, and the spirit of truth? And, and only one brings freedom. That's right. And I love how you say that. We have to be in agreement with the spirit of truth, which is the ultimate truth. Because here's how it's a little bit deceptive. And I kind of reveal the enemy's, what I call his sneaky strategy against Mm. our mind. This Mm. is how he gets into us without a lot of us realizing that he's gotten into us to slander us. He will use bits of truth. Mm. He'll use things from our lives, just as we were talking about Mm -hmm. those weaknesses, those failures, those shortcomings. He used certainly in my life, he used even the things that people said uh, about me. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll 
you know, capture our attention to those things. He'll use those things to where we think, oh, yeah, well, that is true. I did do that. I did fall to that. I am weak in that area. Somebody did say that about me. But then he interprets that truth. He gives a therefore, this is what that means about you. See, that's that's his lie. That's his slander. Mm. He'll say, oh, because you fell to that back then, you're unforgiven today because somebody didn't love you in your past. Therefore, nobody's ever going to love you in your future. Because somebody didn't want you back then, people aren't going to want you now. I mean, that's what he did for me because you were rejected back then. You were always going to be a reject. So we have to learn how to separate those little bits of truth with his interpretation so that we can properly discern what we need to shut down. And then we take the ultimate truth. You were saying the spirit of truth from the word of God, and we take that to his lies to his slander. And we say, no, shut up, devil. This is what God's word says about me. I am made new, made right, made whole, made holy in Christ. And I don't care what you say. I don't care what evidence you bring up. God calls me new and that settles it. That's right. That is right. And it's amazing how the enemy will be like, well, you know, if you, if you do this, don't, don't you know it'll make you happy if you dabble into this or if you do this? And then you do it because you succumb to temptation. Then he goes, how horrible are you for doing <laughs> that? Right. You are worthless. He tempts and accuses. Yeah. (laughs) He tempts, then you fall, and then he accuses. And so we can't be listening to his voice. And so, but it's, you know, there's been times in my life where I'm with the Holy Spirit, I'm digging into the Word of God, I'm praying, and the Lord begins to highlight an area in my heart where I've believed a lie. And two specific lies that I remember that were huge that he uprooted was when I was a teenager and I was in rebellion, there was, you know, the devil used... Uh, uh, someone that I worked with, I knew my father really well. And he said to me, don't you know, your father is ashamed of you. Um, and, uh, and I was like, whatever, man, I just walked away, but I didn't realize till later, the Lord reminded me of that moment and said, you believe you believed in that moment that your father was ashamed of you. And, and you project that upon me as well. If you're not living right, Mm. you think that I'm ashamed of you. And there was another time where I came into agreement with, cause I was cheated on in high school from the first girl that I dated when I was 16 years old. And I thought you can't trust women. That was a vow. That was a lie that I believed that carried on later into my life. And when the Lord brought these things up and I allowed the spirit of, I got into the word and I realized what the word of God says. And I stood on the word. There was so much freedom and truth. You know how Jesus says in John 8, you will, it's not just the truth that sets you free. It's when we know, grasp, believe, trust in the truth. That's when we see freedom and God, he wants all of us to walk in freedom. That's, that's the key. Just as you said there, it's, you have to know, you have to grasp it. I like to say, and something that God told me in that moment when I was complaining to him, God said, Kyle, you need to learn how to identify with your new identity. It's more than Mm. just reading, Mm. you know, reading truth is, is great you know, to, yeah. to understand it, mm-hmm. but really you've got to grasp it and you've got to take it for yourself. That's really where the mind renewal process starts. I go through this thing called the four R's of mind renewal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as you said at the beginning, Romans 12, two says that let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, or we are transformed into a new person by renewing our minds. So it's more than just reading. There's a process that you go through to really identify with this truth. And that's where God showed me the four R's, which really helped heal me in a lot of areas. I first read what the 
the truth of God's word said related to the feelings that I was facing. So if it was something like insecurity, then Ephesians 2.10 was a great one to go to that we are God's masterpiece. He chose us Mm. for a good plan long before the world began. Mm -hmm. But then there's where you got to take it beyond just reading. Mm -hmm. And you've got to reflect upon it just as what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I like to ask myself three questions. What does this truth mean about me? What does this truth mean about God? And what does this truth mean, therefore, about my situations? Mm -hmm. To really internalize it. Mm -hmm. Then I take it to the third R, which is rephrase. I take those meditations, those reflections, and I come up with a personalized statement. Mm -hmm. I am God's masterpiece. He chose me for a good plan. I have always been wanted. I am accepted. You know, you you make it yours. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth R is repeat. You go back to those meditations, you go back to that declaration, and you keep your mind and your mouth in agreement with that as long as it takes until you actually start to see a real change in your life. You know, it takes weeks to form a habit, and that's because of pathways being formed in your brain. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same way with meditating and speaking God's word. You're not always going to feel like it when you first do it. You might not even feel like it's changing anything, but you don't wait for your feelings to tell you what to do. You lead your feelings and you do it anyway. And in time, as you start to speak and identify with what God says about you, something is happening in your mind that will actually change you so that you become that person who you already are in Christ from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have Martin Luther, the great reformer. I love the quote where he says, I have to remind myself of the gospel every day because I forget it every yeah. day. It's just Absolutely. like, you know, we need to constantly strengthen our, like King David, strengthen ourselves in the Lord God, remind ourselves of his truth, remind ourselves of who he is, what he's done in our life and the truth of his word. And, you know, a lot of people don't ever really break through personally. Because, uh, this is just, you know, because you know, we just want instant gratification. We don't want to yeah. put the work in. And it's a sacred work empowered by the Holy Spirit. I love to call the renewing of the mind and this process of growth a sacred and holy partnership with God. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And hey, listen, you know, there's there's incremental growth that takes place. Like you said, we might not feel it in the moment. You know, I love the instant breakthroughs. I love the instant deliverances. We believe for that. You know, we've seen it, but God also loves the process. And and just like Absolutely. our children, like like my children growing up, I see them every day. So I don't always notice the little changes in their in their face and their height and every in their growing process. But you kind of like look back and like, wow, they did get taller. You know what I mean? It takes That's a little right. bit of time. You're like, wow, they are. Their face is maturing and they are getting taller. And wow, they 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 thinned out there and they did this or that. You know, so it's it's beautiful because you know it becomes. A, a a foundation in our lives, and and when we when we put that work in, um, it it be it's hard to even explain, but it it becomes who we are. It, it is who we are, but we begin to walk in it more effortlessly over time. It's sometimes that's, that's I'm glad you said that word effortlessly because that mm-hmm. popped into my mind as well. Because mm-hmm. when when you truly, I like to think of it as planting yourself into the Word of God into the truths about his love, into the truths about his grace. And it's almost as if we're like the seed and, you know, seeds in order to sprout, they don't, you know, really squeeze and then sprout themselves. It's not all of this willpower that they're using to do it. That's good. But they're actually planting themselves in the right environment. 
It's the soil and the water that softens the seed. The seed doesn't really do much except be planted in the right environment. And it's that soil and water that softens the seed so that it sprouts automatically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just as I said from my story, I was doing all of these things and striving and all of this willpower to try to change myself and fix myself and maintain my salvation and maintain God's love and all of this stuff. And it wasn't doing anything except frustrate me and keep me on this roller coaster of ups and downs of God loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not, which only kept me in more bondage and in more defeat. When I finally just got into the word, understood what it said about me, mm. kept speaking it over my life to cultivate that environment. Yeah. Change just started to happen in me automatically. It's good. To where, yeah, there, there's not like, I can't say this day and this day and this day and this day, I noticed this major breakthrough here, major breakthrough here. But now I look back in hindsight and I see tremendous growth over yeah. where I was five years ago and certainly over where I was 10 years ago and much further back just because I cultivated that environment with the truth of God's word. Mm. A lot of people view Christianity as we are becoming holy, we're becoming this, we're becoming that as we do these different things. Um, right. But really the renewal of the mind and learning to walk this thing out is truly just discovering who we are, who God is. It's not about becoming, it's about discovery. And it's, it's a, so good. It's, it's a holy thing. It's a beautiful thing. We discover that we are holy because of what Christ has done. And therefore we begin to walk out our nature and we become a partaker of that divine nature. And we realize we are forgiven. And then we begin to walk that out. We realize we are loved. We don't have to earn it. And we begin to, and the feelings follow and the lifestyle follows when we come into agreement and realization of all he is and all we are in him. We're not identifying with Adam and the fall and the sinful nature, but we're identifying with Christ and our new nature and his cross and all that he has done for us. And so that's, that's powerful. And it's, it becomes, honestly, it's you, when it comes to, you know, memorizing the scriptures or like getting in the word, it's not, it's not like this work that is like burdensome. Right. It's, it's a delight. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, there's nothing more delightful than understanding what the creator of the universe thinks about you because he's never going to give you something that's condemning. If it is condemning, then you know that's not the voice of God. And that's where you got to start to apply truth to it. But it is a delight because yes. we were made to live in God's delight. You know, this is just a little extra here, but Eden, you know, we were made for Eden. Eden literally means in Hebrew, God's delight. That's it's right. where we were created. We were not created to be in this place of yes. striving and stress and achieving and obtaining. We were to simply live in the pleasure of God's delight and the pleasure of enjoying the relationship. And it's when we're there, that's where any kind of change that God wants to do in us happens, mm. not because of our effort, but because of whatever he wants to do, just as you so well put, it's yeah. not about becoming. Yeah. It's really about being yeah. who God says you are that's right. and letting your thoughts, just as Romans 12, two says, change you from the inside out into who God says that you already are. That's awesome. I love that. And in your book, you, um, you know, you, you lay a strong foundation and then you go into the most common lies, um, that, that many believers are trapped in very common lies that, that, you know, that, that we struggle with. I'd love to talk about maybe one or two of those. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. is there people... one of them that's <laughs> that sticks out to you, Michael? Um, well, I don't know how that, but just whatever's in your heart to share. I think that a lot of people, when it comes to the love of God, when it comes to realizing his delight and his pleasure over us, when it comes to really what Christ has done for us and condemnation is huge. I think for pure hearted believers, condemnation and beating ourselves up is yeah. something I had to overcome tremendously as a believer. And when I did, it changed my life so drastically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The first lie that I go through in the book, and I I put all of these lies in there very strategically so they build upon each other. And the first one is foundational. Yep. It's what I call the most toxic lie that the enemy says to Christians. And it's this idea that we are still horrible sinners. Mm-hmm. I will have people that will come into my digital inboxes all the time, and they will be sincere believers. And they will say, but Kyle, I still battle with this. I'm still struggling with this. I'm not like this person over there. I haven't overcome like this. What does that mean about me? Does it mean that I don't have enough faith? Does it mean maybe that I'm not a real Christian? Does it mean I'm, I'm just still a horrible sinner? Mm-hmm. And I say, no, if you've said yes to Jesus, none of those things mean anything about you. And that right there is the very heart of the gospel. Yeah. See, people, I think, don't understand what happened when they said yes to Jesus this moment that we call salvation, mm-hmm. we kind of think that it's almost this, just this covering that is just over our existing self. And we just got to make sure that that existing self doesn't pop its head out of the covering. But that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen that everything old has passed away. All things have become brand new. That process there in theological speak is called regeneration, old right. into new. I like the first six letters of that word regeneration. It's a better word picture. Regene. Mm. You were regened out of your old identity, which the Bible says your sin nature was cut out of you, Mm. completely cut out, Yes, completely forgiven of everything, past, present, future sins, that sin nature cut out. So then a supernatural surgery happened in that instant where you were regene with the DNA of God. That's why 1 John 4, 17 says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Ephesians, I think it's 424 says that we get to put on Christ, which is truly right and truly holy. Those are qualities that aren't just things that we have, but they actually become who we are because we have been regened with the identity of Christ. So our who is no longer linked to our do. We are though we still sin, of course, because we are living as flesh and we are human beings. Jesus came to this earth and died the death he did because he knew that we couldn't be perfect. If we could be perfect, law would have worked. He wouldn't have had to come. He knew we couldn't be perfect. So it's not about living perfect. It's about living according to your new nature, which is this identity that God has given us in Christ. You're not still a horrible sinner, regardless of if you still sin, but you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Just as 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, you were made right in Christ with your belief. That's what happened with salvation. Mm-hmm. We give too much power to our feelings. You know, I feel like a sinner, you know? Okay, no. yeah, yeah, I understand, you know? But if you if you feel like, if if you believe you're a sinner, you'll feel like that, right? But if we begin to say, you know what? 
I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I am holy. I am in the beloved son. He is pleased with me. I'm his son and whom he is well pleased. And you begin to say, I'm forgiven. All my sin as far as the east is from the west. All my sin in the sea of forgetfulness. And that becomes your meditation. Then our heart will bubble up with gratefulness, realizing that we're righteous, not by our merit, but because of his merit and because of what he has accomplished. And then we'll begin to live in the joy of salvation instead of this heavy burden of trying to make ourselves right or make ourselves holy or break off our sin like Jesus didn't do a good enough job. And so, you know, I love that revelation of even our very nature being transformed because he had to he had to flush us out. It talks about heart circumcision. The Bible talks about that our right. our old nature was was cut out, and we've been given. We become a partaker of the divine nature. Evil and righteousness cannot live in the same body. The Holy Spirit had to cleanse this temple so that He could live on the inside of us. And now it's just our mind. Our mind needs to catch up with what Christ has accomplished. Absolutely. It starts with believing, which is why I set such a foundation throughout the book. And I'm I'm so strong on getting your beliefs right first. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, as you heard from my story, we go backwards at it. We think that we're going to behave ourselves into right feeling and into right believing. And so we set up all of these rules and regulations and all of these do's and don'ts, which 1 Corinthians 15, 56 actually says empower sin all the more because we cannot perfectly uphold any kind of do's and don'ts. That's right. We will inevitably fall. Mm -hmm. And then when we fall, the devil is right there saying, oh, look what you've done. See, I told you you couldn't do it. Try harder. And so we try harder and then we fall and around and around it goes. So you got to stop that cycle thinking that you're going to modify your behavior in some way that's going to make you right with God or going to overcome your struggles. No, go to the source, which is your mind, <laughs> get your believing right, then you're behaving and you're living and you're feeling and all of that stuff that is fleshly, all of that stuff starts to come in alignment mm-hmm. as you get your mind aligned to the yeah. Word of God. That's good. That's good. I would love to close this out with prayer. I believe that there's people listening to this saying, wow, my mind is like a jungle I have a lot of overgrown weeds in my mind that I need to pull up and I need to plant some truth in my in my mind so I could walk in freedom. And there's people that are listening or watching right now saying like, wow, I do. I feel I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a sinner anymore. Or, oh, man, like God delights in me. Actually, I thought God just put up with me. And, uh, you know, however you are led, I would love to just minister to those people right now and and give this time as an opportunity for that. Absolutely. First, I I really feel that there are a lot of people here that maybe that they know they're saved, but they don't or have never realized that they are truly loved, that they are like truly loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I used to think that the love of God was just a generic message that we just had to understand and get beyond and then get into deeper things. But I'm telling you, there is nothing greater than truly receiving the love of God for yourself, regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you've done, regardless of how you struggle, regardless of your inadequacies. So I just want to tell somebody right now, you really need to just start saying, Father, thank you for loving me. As a matter of fact, as, as often as you say, God, I love you, why don't you return that back and start saying, God, thank you for loving me. Mm, and that yes. will start to cultivate that environment of God's love and grace that starts to do just more of an effortless change in your life. Mm. God chose you first. 
and he continues to choose you first. God loved you first, and he continues to love you first. You don't, just as, just as you didn't come to salvation through any kind of works, you don't maintain your salvation or maintain God's love through any amount of works. You just simply receive it. So I just pray right now, yes. Father, would you just help those right now that are battling with, with who they are to themselves, but also battling who they are to you, Lord. I pray that they would just receive this revelation, God, of your unconditional love and your grace toward them, God. May they no longer see themselves according to the past things, according to their feelings, according to their failures, according to their fears, Lord. But would they know that who you say that they are, that your word is their ultimate reality, that your word is more real than what they feel, God. And may your word, that they are loved, they are made new, they are made right, they are made whole, they are made holy in Christ, that you call them your masterpiece, God. Would those words penetrate their callous hearts? Would those words penetrate any kind of barrier that lies have created around them that is keeping goodness from coming in, God? Just soften their outer shell to truly receive what you say about them so that it would go in and do a work automatically without stress or striving, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit at work on each and every person who is listening right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Man, God is so good. One thing that I always remind myself is Jesus, you know, the Bible, Jesus actually said that we're loved in the same manner that he's loved by his father. Think about how much the father loves the son and we are loved to the same measure in the same way that Jesus is loved by the father. And, you know, to constantly remind ourselves, we need to constantly remind ourselves that I am loved and I can't do anything to make God love me less. And I can't do anything yeah. to make God love me more. I'm just loved. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> I mean, it. I am loved. I'm loved because <laughs> I'm loved and I can't do anything about it. You know, I'm just loved. And so that's powerful. If we get that, that'll bring utter transformation in our lives. And that's the the core of the gospel. You're right. We, we don't graduate beyond the love of God and get into the deeper things. Like we abide in his love and therefore we are transformed and we bear fruit in our daily lives. And so awesome. Thank you for just bringing such solid truth today. I highly recommend for people to grab a copy of Shut Up Devil. I know it's available now. How could people get a copy of that as well as connect more with your ministry? I know you travel. I know you do a lot of media. Um, and so tell us how we can connect more. That's right. So everything is online at my website, kylewinkler.org. I've got a podcast. It's all branded after the Shut Up Devil stuff. So the podcast is called the Shut Up Devil Show. You mm -hmm. can find it in all your podcast directories. Of course, the app is available in your app store as well. The book is on the website, or you can get the book on paperback, ebook, audiobook, wherever books are sold as well. So mm -hmm. it's all there online. You can connect to me. I'd, I'd love to, to hear from you as well. So please write to me and, and share your experience. If you read the book, share what God's doing with you. I'd love to hear. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. What an encouragement. It's like, a, you know, the Apostle Paul said like, oh, and, you know, he talked about just refreshing how people are um, just carry such a refreshing. And so I don't know. It's just beautiful, man. I feel refreshed today. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely. Appreciate it. 
For those who are listening and watching, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be encouraged, they can be awakened by the gospel of Jesus. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time on Awakened Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.